The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike and we are going to recap the week that was on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Before we get into the action, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, God, week nine. I'm not even going to try. It's week whatever of quarantine and feeling good, you know, been cooking my meals, you know, and started out some new workouts from home this week. So also noticed my bank account is a lot better off without me going out or ordering out like I I did post quarantine life. So, um, you know, it's been kind of nice being able to be like, ah. Oh, Okay, I can pay off a little more of my student loans this month. So, uh, but yeah, same, same old, same old, you know, not much has changed. A lot of video games, a lot of food, uh, a lot of Netflix, a lot of TV shows. But um, yeah, no, things are, things seem good despite being in the middle of this. And, you know, hopefully we're closer to the end than we are the beginning at this point. How about, how about yourself, man? I'm doing pretty well. I'm tired. It's uh... a... <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week already. It's only Wednesday and uh I uh found myself struggling to stay awake for the for the main event, but it's uh you know, we got through it and um I'm ready to to get this one in the can and 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 go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the first time in a couple of weeks we've done our traditional post dynamite recording on a Wednesday night, so Maybe your old ass man got a old man ass got used to going to bed a little earlier. I don't know. Well, I honestly, I just was out in the sun all day. It was hot today, and uh, oh, I forget you guys have heat down in the yeah, south. It's, yeah, like, it's the, a thing. In the forties, yeah. And then I got home and I was like, oh, let me go for a run and go back out in the sun. So it was, uh, it was, it was good. But I'm tired now. Yeah, I don't, I don't miss that. I don't like the heat. You know, I like, I like. And I'm bummed because Boston in the summer is absolutely perfect. It makes living here worth it. And if I go winter to winter, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to have to just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to have to go to the tanning bed or something once everything opens back up, get my, get my tan on. But no, it's, um, no, that's, that's good, man. You know, I, I'm kind of jealous because we've had this weird stretch of weather where it's been like rainy and in the forties and not good for, you know, going outside and not really good for, you know, trying to maintain my running, but eh, you know, it is what it is. It's Mar May in two days. So hopefully we finally get that warmish. Yeah, weather it's going to be May. It's going to be May. And on that note, it is, it is time <laughs> for uh, Joel to tell us what happens on this week's dynamite. The dynamite that was. All right. Dynamite kicked off with a vignette slash video package uh, promoting the TNT tournament and specifically the match between Cody and Darby Allen, which started off the show. That was our first match. Cody getting the pinfall victory, knocking Darby Allen out of the tournament. Uh, that was followed up by part two of the Scorpio Sky video series that we've been getting on Dynamite. And then we got a promo, an update from MJF on his newest life-threatening injury. We got a match following that. Wardlow getting the victory over a debuting Musa. And uh, then we got the third installment of the Bubbly Bunch. 
This was followed by a tag team match between best friends with Orange Cassidy and uh, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford. Best friends getting the pinfall victory there. We then got another rules of being a role model segment with Britt Baker and a match between Sean Spears and Baron Black. Sean Spears getting the submission victory in that affair. We got another breakdown from Taz of this time, the Murderhawk Monsters finishing maneuver, the blackout. And that was followed by a match between Marco Stunt and Brody Lee. Brody Lee getting the pinfall victory. We got a check-in from John Moxley talking about the return to live television. And finally, the last semifinal match in the TNT tournament with Lance Archer getting the victory over Dustin Rhodes. Mike, what stood out to you from this episode? Stock up, stock down. Well, we're going to sound like a broken record here, but for the last few weeks, the biggest topic has been the TNT Championship Tournament. So let's start there. Uh, We're given uh, Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes 3 tonight. And I want to start with that awesome promo video to start the show. Uh, Just kind of the back and forth between Darby and and Cody. And I just love that they kept referencing the history between these two, how there is respect, how they have worked together and competed in the past. But I also kind of liked some of the jabs that were, were thrown Cody's way from uh, Darby. He said, you know, Cody is represents everything this TNT tournament's about. And I represent relentlessness and, I basically represent something different. Do you want a corporate sheet or sheep or someone relentless? And it was nice seeing a little bit of edge here from uh, Darby before this match. And it just really, really got me hyped up for what ended up being a, a great match. So what are your thoughts on the, the, the promo itself? And then where we'll dive into the match itself. Yeah, I thought the vignette really set up the story of the match. It kind of set up Cody as being the heel in this instance. And it's one of those opportunities where because there wasn't going to be a live crowd for this match, they were able to, uh, you know, not have to deal with all the fans cheering for Cody. And uh, I know last time they met, it was kind of a split audience anyway. But I think they were able to go more overt with you know, setting up Cody as being, you know, the corporate shill and having him work a little bit more heelish in the match. So I I liked it. And I thought it was a a really good story that they told getting into the match itself. I thought it was really interesting that they had Darby go after Cody's knee, considering it was it was Cody's knees that won him the last match by getting the knees up against the coffin drop. So, you know, Darby kind of took that one away from him and took that out of his arsenal over the course of the match before going for the coffin drop. And I thought that was a really interesting angle to go with. I don't know if that was intentional or if it just kind of came across that way, but I really liked it. Yeah, I love the the dedication to working over that knee, working over that leg, and it was consistent throughout the match. And, you know, that's that's good storytelling there. And I always love it when I see wrestlers kind of step outside the style that they're known for. So 
seeing uh, Darby go after the legs like that and put on those submission moves. You know, we saw some single leg Boston crabs going on, some leg locks um, throughout the entire match. And I like what you mentioned about kind of Cody acting like a heel and Jericho did a good job pointing this out, but he definitely like it it looked like he 100% knew uh, Brandy was there when she got gored by Darby Allen. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember much from heel Cody days back in ring of honor, but you know, a total heel move is, is kind of letting your female manager take some bumps like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was an interesting dynamic, uh, to the match. And I think it kind of showed how this is so important to Cody that who was the first person who checked on Brandy after that spot? It wasn't Cody. It was Darby. <laughs> like, um, and then he kicked kicked Darby in the head and and then checked on Brandy. But um, I just thought that was interesting. And I, I really liked what they did here. Um, and I liked the I kind of like the FUs thrown throughout the towards the end of the match with, you know, the finish doing each other's finishers and everything like that. And getting getting to the finish. I literally typed on Twitter, what just happened? Because I was like, there's no way they're going to count Cody down here. His shoulder's clearly up. It didn't ring to me that they were actually, she was counting the three on Darby. Like, yeah, I, I noticed the kind of stealth backslide. I think when she counted two and and Cody's shoulder was so clearly up, it was like, oh, you know, this is, she's not counting Cody. She's counting Darby. And, you know, I, it, it was... uh I don't know if that was how they wanted it to go, if they wanted it to be so stealthy, but it wasn't obvious what they were doing. And I don't know if that was a camera angle issue or or what, but I, I did figure it out, but it, it took me a second. And uh, I did think it was an interesting finish. Yeah, on the replay, you could also see that Darby had Cody's leg hooked with his arm. So definitely it looked like Darby thought he was getting the pin. So when the yeah, music sure. hit and like, whoa, Cody won that match. I, I literally was like, oh my God, they just were getting Darby in the finals. And then I was like, that, that's not Darby's music. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe that could have been clearer, but I liked, I liked the finish. I thought it was basically Cody just desperate pulling something out of his ass after he just got hit with the finishing move to to steal the win. I think um, it really also sells like how devastating the coffin drop is to both people, right? Because mm-hmm. Darby was clearly dazed and didn't realize that his shoulders were the ones that were on the mat because he sold really well being, you know, confused as to why he hadn't won the match and being distressed after the match was over. So I, I thought it was really well done. And yeah, it's it's a different finish from what we've seen before. And they've consistently been able to come up with these interesting and different finishes for these big matches. So I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I really liked the crossroads that Darby hit Cody with. Sometimes it just it seems like other wrestlers, maybe it's just because it, it's the person taking the move that really makes the move, but it looked good. It looked solid. And, uh, yeah, I I could see these guys wrestle every single week. They're they're so talented. They have so much like chemistry together. And you know, I I I want to go back to the promo 
um, real quick, the vignette before the sh- uh, the match started, where Darby was like, I have to ask myself, what is most important to the story? The beginning, the middle, or the end? One, great line. Two, I really hope this isn't the end, because this is a rivalry that hopefully we get on and off for the next few years. Um, but anything else about the opening match before we move on to the main event? Uh, just that Cody did a tremendous job of selling throughout this match. You know, he took the, mm-hmm. the three chop blocks to the same knee and multiple times in this match, he was favoring that leg and not planting off of it. He hit the disaster kick off of one leg on that springboard, mm-hmm. made it look really good. And, you know, I, I liked I, when he tried to roll out of the corner and go to the other. He like his leg gave out. Yeah. And he had to had to stop. And then Darby like froze for a second. It's like, oh, this is my opportunity. And then went after Cody. Like, yeah, he sold the hell out of what Cody's basically been doing since day one is selling out, not selling out. That's the wrong word. Um, selling like crazy and making whoever's in the ring with look like a million bucks. So let's uh, let's move on to the the other match from the TNT tournament. The main event, Lance Archer and Dustin Rhodes. And I was kidding about falling asleep earlier i was awake for this match so yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was it was brutal it was what we thought is what we expected and i thought it was really well done i liked that dustin got color in this match and by the end of the match they were debating throwing in the towel just like we had talked about so uh, i thought it was really well done and they told Joel, a great story. are you are you giving us a stock up for our podcast last week? <laughs> I'm always giving us a stock up. Good, good, good. What, what we got, we got to go uh, Cyrus over the edge or whatever it is. We got to always put ourselves over. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the dynamic here. It's, um, you know, biodiversity is pro- people going to be tired of us talking about it. This was probably our like closest we've gotten to a Haas match. <laughs> in AEW so far you know they're not hosses in terms of width but they're hosses in terms of height and I, I i you know it kind of felt like you know you're watching that like an old western movie and the old cowboy goes out knowing you know this is probably not gonna go well and dustin took his beating and and i loved him telling cody no don't don't throw in the towel don't throw in the towel it didn't matter because he got his head bashed in like the like the mountain did to the viper in the in game of thrones but it was a really nice moment between the brothers i love that qt marshall came out because they are a tag team right now you know so that is someone he's really close with and it just sent a message to the entire nightmare family cody you're next um and i love that dustin got offense in this like i checked the clock when the match started it was like 937 938 like okay, they're they're giving this t- over twenty minutes to really to tell this story, and I bet all of Archer's matches so far haven't even come close to adding up to twenty minutes. So it was nice to see Archer get more work. It was nice to see Dustin at times get offense in and and show us what uh he can do as some you know a bigger guy. And yeah, just overall, really really good storytelling here, and it makes me excited as hell for Cody and Lance Archer in the finals. And we got about three and a half weeks, four weeks to build up to that. So let's go. And this is the part where we no longer know what's going to happen because 
you know, maybe this is the time that Cody finally goes over in a big match. Or we continue to see Lance Archer dominate and destroy people and continue to solidify himself as being the toughest, baddest dude around. So, you know, I, I really don't know. I couldn't even speculate you, as to who's going to win here. I was, I was going to say, what do you think is more interesting? I think, I think Cody losing and failing again is such a compelling story. And he's been the number one babyface in AEW since God, since double or nothing last year when he started, when him and Dustin hugged in the middle of the ring and said, we're going to tag team together at fighter fest. So I, I think a broken down confidence struck Cody is really compelling. And I trust that AEW will let that story and that character develop if they do go down that route. Um, but I also want to see Cody with a belt. Um, and I think, you know, it's good sometimes to have a true baby face with the title. And it makes sense to have the baby face go over the monster, David versus Goliath, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it could go so many different ways. And it's it's not like the other wrestling company where I know, okay, there's one ending I know that they're thinking about that's definitely not going to work. I think whatever path they choose to go down, it's going to it's going to hit because why wouldn't it? I will say if you're going to have Lance Archer lose this early on after making him look this dominant, you got to find a way to make that work and make that convincing because, you know, if it's just a a straight up match that there's not something incredible that Cody has to overcome or something he has to pull out of his back pocket or some length that he has to go to in order to get through this match, then that's going to do some serious damage. That being said, I I have faith in AEW that whatever story they come up with for this match, no matter who is going to be winning, that it's going to be good. So I'm excited for this and I'm excited to see, you know, someone who has to be portrayed in in a certain light, right? So Cody can't go out there and just get squashed and we saw dustin get some offense we saw colt cabana get some offense but this is a match where they really have to sell that cody has a chance to win this match and make his offense look good without making lance archer look weak so you know i'm interested to see how they do it are they going to have cody take a more technical focus and whip out some of those submissions that he's been doing over the past several weeks you know, he's been doing the figure four for a while, but this week we saw him pull out a bow and arrow lock. When have we seen that before? So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he's been doing to broaden his his base and his move set. So maybe he whips out something new in this match. Yeah, I, I look at how they built up to his match with MJF at Revolution. The entire build up to that match the last month and a half was to make Cody look like a damn superhero. You know, what What did Cody do leading up to that that match? He took 10 lashes. He beat Wardlow in a cage match where he broke his foot jumping off of it. And then he, then he lost, which is fine. It worked. So I wonder if there's a way that if you are worried about Archer losing momentum, maybe you just there's ways to build him up even more over the next three and a half, four weeks to make it an even more, you know, jump mountain to climb where maybe he wouldn't have wouldn't fall a bit if he loses, but um, 
yeah, I, I, I could see it go either way. And, you know, we are about to get new content, you know, live episode, live, maybe not actually live, but we're going to have a wider cast, hopefully of characters, you know, MJF is coming back next week. So be curious to see what they do here over the next three or four weeks. I'm looking at it now. I, so when they first announced this tournament, I thought we were going to have all the matches. Like I didn't think the tournament, the first and second round would be done this far out from double or nothing. So I'm, it definitely threw me off a bit. I'm curious to see what they do. Yeah, I think we're conditioned because when in the past the other wrestling company has done similar style tournaments, they've always led up to the pay-per-view, like ending the week before, maybe two weeks before. And the consequence of that is that the tournament is the build. And so you don't have the opportunity to set the big match and then spend a good amount of time building up that feud between those two characters. If you build up that feud during the tournament, you're kind of telegraphing where it's all going. And even though our prediction from the very beginning was it's going to be Cody and Lance Archer, there's still that seed of doubt. Uh, Enough so that, you know, we both for a moment thought Darby was winning that match tonight. So, you know, it's I like it better this way because we have time to focus in on this feud. You know, maybe Jake can cut another promo and and get us even more excited for for these mat this match. Yeah, let's. God, we want to talk about the actual match for a second. We got we got so far into the weeds of what this feud could be, where they're going. Uh, I know you mentioned you wanted to have a new drop, and I'll get that hopefully next week. But spot of the night. An old school into a moonsault. <laughs> oh my God. I have never seen anything like that. And if I had, I wouldn't assume it'd be a six, seven, what, 270 pound monster. And it looks so damn good. And I just, I, what an, what an athletic freak. <laughs> just, yeah, he's good. He's real good. Wow. Have you seen that spot before? Do, do you do that in NJPW at all? Uh, I want to say I've seen it once or twice before. Um, it When I saw it tonight, it, it didn't look brand new to me. So I think I've seen it before. I just can't recall the specific instance of seeing it. But it looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's a big dude to be doing stuff like that. So Yeah. And, and I got to ask, we had an Orton scale power slam during this match what what's your rating eh, it was pretty loose it was I mean, loose it was high it's a big fucking guy hey that rhymed so i i can't give it a upper echelon score you know a, a four or a five but i think due to the size of lance archer i'm gonna i'm gonna normally i would give that about a two but i'm, I'm gonna give it a three three orange this week yeah i'm dropping a two on that two orange okay two orange all right sad Orton's the saddest Orton is one Orton but <laughs> well one is the loneliest one Orton number, is the loneliest so. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I, I I just the physicality being able to see Lance Archer do this to someone of a bigger stature those choke slams looked great and then just slamming his head into the mat to get the pin count in front of his family and his friends it was just just brutal brutal yeah. stuff 
anything else about this match, man? Uh, Anything else you want to touch on before we we move on? I mean, his catchphrase is everybody dies. And I think he (laughs) delivered on why that is, you know, what he says all the time. So it was it was a brutal, brutal match. And uh, and I enjoyed it. Brutality. Um, Yeah, let's let's move on. Uh, I'm going to go a little off script. Uh, I did this last week, too, and I apologize. I, it's it's a stock up and a stock down for me. It's the fact that they are going to be taping new stuff next week. Uh, I kind of th- assumed that when they taped everything that they would have enough stuff to get them to Double or Nothing. And the initial reports that said they should have enough content to get them to mid-May. I wonder if, obviously, Florida opening back up changed their plans and they were like, okay, we can get people back here and hopefully get them here safely. Um, but what are your, what are your thoughts on, on AW going back into production next week? You know, they took basically the last five weeks off with pre-taped stuff. I'm torn. I mean, selfishly, I'm really glad that they're recording more content because like, even if they just bring everybody in one time and do a repeat of what they did, you know, several weeks ago, then we're short up for a while and I feel like that's kind of taking minimal risk uh, in terms of, you know, what you have to take in, in order to do this and record more stuff. But at the same time, it's like, is it, is it worth it? Right. Like it, we've, yeah. we've heard not to get too morose here, but you know, we, at this point we've heard of, of people our age who are asymptomatic having strokes because of coronavirus and you know i i don't want any of my favorite wrestlers or you know anyone else for that matter to come back together do this work and then somebody ends up getting sick and you know what does that mean for them long term what does it mean for the rest of their lives so i just I know that they're going to take precautions. I know they're going to do this as safely as possible, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't torn about it. Yeah, I think you summed up exactly how I feel, man. It's it's the ultimate stock up and stock down, you know? Like personally, I love that we we have been able to have wrestling this consistent throughout this whole thing. The NFL draft last week set records for ratings because it was the only fresh mainstream content out there. So to have wrestling this entire time has been a you know a blessing. It's it's helped keep me sane. It's helped keep you sane. I have seen numerous people thank AEW for continuing to have content that we can watch. But yeah, on the other hand, you know these same thing where I don't want anyone to be risking it right now. It doesn't matter if you're a professional wrestling company or baseball or the NBA or Broadway. Like it's. I don't know if it's worth it, but I do hope and I do trust them in terms of trying to make sure that they are following policies to keep everyone safe. I hope that the people that they've told to stay away from, say, California, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, stay away. You know, we haven't seen the Bucks. We haven't seen Hangman Page. We haven't we haven't seen people. And that's okay. And if those people are still, you know, why these hotspots still figure it out, then you know, let's we'll, we'll take it one day at a time. And I agree with you. If they come in and they basically film everything between now and double or nothing, I would feel better about that. You know, get them in here, get it done, 
get them home. But yeah, we'll see. Um, more cherry topic next stock up, stock down. And let's talk about that. No disqualification. <laughs> no disqualification tag team match. And I think Jimmy Havoc is my MVP of the night. Holy crap. He was just on fire. The first, what, 10, 15, uh, five minutes of that match, just throwing chairs, suplexing people onto chairs. Just like, he's like, ah, it's like, it's like when you, he, it's like he needed this. He's like, oh, okay. I've been wrestling regular matches lately, but man, I need to, I need to mess some people up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Trent uh, tweeted out before dynamite uh <laughs> come watch me hurt myself on tv <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think yeah. that about sums it up i mean this match was a lot of chair shots it was a lot of people being thrown into objects and objects being thrown into people uh there were a lot of spots that just looked really painful and i noticed that trent was on the receiving end of most of those spots so <laughs> Uh, he took an ass kicking dude <laughs> yeah um my favorite though was that first chair that jimmy havoc plunked orange cassidy with and <laughs> cassidy just crumpled <laughs> and the way he sold that just looked so mm-hmm. so good to me and uh I, I really I loved the replay chaos and <laughs> I, I enjoyed every minute of it I loved on the replay of that. Like it looked like he was going to hit one of the best friends with it. And then just very quickly just threw it the other way. So I was like, "Ah, and my note literally says havoc just killed orange Cassidy. (laughs) Because it looked painful. And yeah, some of the, the spots here, you know, when they took out that blue ladder, we saw the other week, that ladder does not give at all. (laughs) Like, like that ladder will mess you up. Did you see tonight, though, the ladder bent and then sprang back into like straight position? Yeah, Uh, Yeah. that was wild. (laughs) Um, So a little bit of a background scouting report. Uh, That's the same stepladder that we have on the truck. So is it really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we have ours is green. That one's blue, but it's the same brand. It's the same height. It's the same thing. So I know exactly what that ladder is like. And, uh, it's lightweight, uh, but it, it doesn't really give at all. (laughs) All right. You need to, you need to take a picture of that tomorrow. Okay. Send it to me because we're going to post that on the socials. Um, (laughs) that's, that's nuts, man. Um, Hey, well, next time, like any one of your, you know, family members, you know, just put them through the, put them through the ladder. You can do it. <laughs> no, see, if they're not going to go through the, the ladder's not going to break. <laughs> <laughs> just give them an awful waffle and we'll figure out the other things later. Yeah. Um, so that was another spot in this match. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, there was an awful waffle onto a pile of chairs. Then Chris uh, Kip Sabian took a pile driver onto chairs. Um, Chucky scoops lands havoc on, and it wasn't the the chairs weren't lying flat. Like they were dropping them on like the edges and onto the legs sticking straight up. Like my God. (laughs) Yeah. I I think you described this right. This match was chaos. Um, like just personified. And there's, God, there was also like a, 
a, a, a standing like fishman carry like attitude adjustment type spot onto three or four chairs all sprung like standing up like i just yeah, that looked really painful and then kip sabian came yeah. in with a double stomp on top of a prone trent oh i who yeah had, i completely forgot about that who had just been dropped on those those chairs uh we got you know penelope ford taking some bumps in this match uh you know having her spear hit kip sabian and mm-hmm. you know lots of other nonsense orange cassidy delivering an elbow drop to kip sabian and penelope ford at the same time i mean there was just so much from this match uh you know if you if you didn't see it if you walked out of the room if you weren't watching dynamite go back and watch it uh because there's just too much for us to even describe here but it was it was wild and it was the continuation of trent and and Chucky getting their kind of push here. I think they're yeah. being positioned to challenge Omega and Paige when we're able to kind of get back to the normal division uh, with mm-hmm. access to all the players. But, you know, they, they also got a win on Dark this week and Cody was talking them up on commentary during that match saying, I don't see how you could you know, put anyone else above them in terms of challenging Paige and Omega. And then mm-hmm. Chris Jericho tonight was doing the same thing. So I really think they're leaning that direction. Oh, they, you know, we talk about who has really been like highlights of this weird pandemic era of AEW and the, the wrestlers they've pushed to the top. And I feel like best friends have to be at the top of that list. You know, we haven't seen Sheeta as much lately, but I'd say Sheeta as well as someone who's really been able to grow and and explode during this time frame. But yeah, they they should they they definitely should be the number one contenders. And what I I like the finish where it wasn't like a a big tag team spot to finish the match. It was almost desperate in a sense. Like Chucky's like, I just gotta end this, and he nailed the move, and that was it. You know, and there wasn't much of like it's just it felt business-like, like shit, we have to do something here. So, um, yeah, so much to, so much stuff. Was this your match of the night? Cause I think it was my match of the night. It was so much fun. I mean, and even though we got two really good tournament matches with stakes and like you said earlier, I could watch Cody and Darby wrestle every week and I don't think I would get tired of it. This match was just so much fun and so over the top and involved so many of my favorite people in the company right now. So mm-hmm. I got to I got to hand it to this one. Yeah, and I got to give them credit for putting this whole feud together. Like I kn- I know they they taped over a course of a few days. So, you know, to be able to outline and execute this all in, you know, 36 48 hours is really impressive and you know, I like the t- I like the pairing of Jimmy Havoc with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford like if they need to be a tag team or they need to be like, they need to support each other in their matches. I think that's a, a good pairing and their styles are not the same, which makes them a really fun pairing along with the wild card. That is Penelope Ford. So good job. Fuck. I think I wrote in my notes, every, I wrote all four participants. I wrote they're dead. He died. Oh my God. Rest in peace. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Every single one of them took a spot that made me say, oh, my God. And then, like, literally the first note of the match, best friends with Orange Cassidy versus 
Havoc and Sabian with Penelope Ford. Havoc just killed Orange Cassidy. That was the first thing I wrote. Yeah, I, the... I, I think Trent really took the brunt of of this match. Everybody took their licks, but man, it just seemed like right and left, Trent was getting thrown into and off of and through things. So hopefully he gets some... So yeah. I, mean, I guess he got several weeks off after recording this match to do some. I, I tweeted at him. <laughs> I thought he was joking with that tweet, but no, he was serious. Come watch me hurt myself on TV. If he tweeted, "Come watch me die," it would still hold up. I'm like, oh yeah, Trent, Trent's dead. He's getting, he's dead. <sighs> yeah, but so. no, fun stuff. Um, anything else, man? Before uh, <laughs> I, I know I texted you. I need a cigarette, but. Um, that's how hot this match made me feel. But anything else before we move on? No, I'm ready to move on. I'm I'm gonna throw a very brief stock down to uh this whole MJF injury stuff. Like it's kind of funny, but I feel like we're getting our ha-has elsewhere right now, and I'd rather mm-hmm. see a more serious MJF who prior to the coronavirus was being positioned as the next challenger for John Moxley's championship. So I, I don't really like that he's being put in this kind of silly light. And I, I understand that they want to get him on the show so that people don't forget that he's around, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's a better way to do it than this because how does he transition back into feuding with John Moxley if he's, you know, complaining about hangnails and, you know, nicking his neck while shaving. And I, I don't know. It oh, that's what it was. <laughs> I miss what he did to his neck. I like coughed or sneezed or something. I know I have, I can have the ability to rewind, but I just, I was committed. But okay. So he nicked his neck shaving. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I, I'm guessing him returning to, AW next week is is their way of getting him ready to push him because I would assume he is the main event with uh Moxley at um double nothing. Hell, maybe they maybe they give us Archer and Cody in the main event, but I feel like that's the match is MJF versus Moxley now that Moxley has kind of finished up his stuff with Hager. Um but yeah, I I, I get what you're saying, you know. <laughs> His stuff is not the funniest we've seen. Um, I laughed a lot during the hangnail segment because I thought they teased it very well over the weekend to make it feel like it was going to be an actual injury. Um, but yeah, this week, you know, it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just it. Um, I did like him. You know, I care about you so much. Um, and I kind of liked how he ended the promo. I am the voice brave enough to cry out. I am the storm thundering across the horizon. I am the candle lit in the dark room. I am the only hope this company has left and I'm MJF and I am better than you. And you know it like I thought that was pretty good. And I think I wonder if Wardlow is kind of a great talker. Yeah, (laughs) he always delivers his lines well and with conviction, but it just I don't like the way this is positioning him. Yeah, it seems like the title feud is going to be the weaker of the two, you know, the biggest stories heading into Double or Nothing. And it's hard to kind of predict what Double or Nothing is going to look like because we just don't know which members of the roster are going to be there, you know? Um, 
you know, we don't know if Nyla Rose is coming back next week. You know, she might still be in isolation, you know, but um, yeah, it definitely feels uh, that championship feud is going to be kind of not forced, but it's going to have to be a quick build. And I don't, I'm a little nervous of it giving me enough reason to care if that makes sense. But yeah, I guess we'll have to see. And with that, I have, yeah, you ready for move on little lightning rounds? Lightning round. I'm going to start with the bubbly bunch. This week's bubbly bunch was awesome. <laughs> um, I, I love that they were like having the fight. And then when I had started they're like, Oh my, like I literally said, is that Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> like <laughs> did the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, I know who that is. Is that him? And then, uh, Jay and silent Bob showing up. I know Jericho's actually got, was, was he, he might've been in the, the new one. Um, in a yes, small that's role. correct. Okay. So I, I think he, yeah, he's friends with them, but I was like, Jay and silent Bob. And then, uh, the Vicky Guerrero at the end was, was a fun touch. Um, I think I also saw, was it like Tony Atlas in there at one second too? Um, uh, falling over Virgil. Yeah. 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 Virgil falling over. I was like, like, what is Peter Avalon doing here? He like fell over furniture. <laughs> like it was, it was funny. And then Jericho's dad. Did you see Jericho's dad? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was funny. I, uh, I really liked the, the fight through the cell phones. Good stuff with the bubbly bunch. Yeah, for sure. Any, any, I, any, I really anything. enjoyed this segment. I know I was down on the bubbly bunch last week, uh, but you know, we can officially put it in the record books. We're two for three with bubbly bunch. I was, I was, you got the numbers right this week. I thought it was a lot of fun. And you know, if they're just going to continue capitalizing on whatever trendy social media things are being done, then I guess, you know, as, as we do with all things in professional wrestling, it'll start to feel normal after a few weeks. And I won't notice anymore that, it's not really telling any kind of a story or developing anything or moving anything forward. It just is. And that's okay. Yep. All right, man. What do you have for us in lightning round? Uh, I want to talk about Taz. I, I really was, was pleased that we got another segment of Taz breaking down somebody's move. And I hope this continues to be a regular thing because I just think it adds so much legitimacy and it, it's cool to hear someone with that kind of expertise break down these moves and talk about them and talk about why they're so devastating and look at, okay, let's look at him doing this to a smaller opponent. Let's look at him doing this to a bigger opponent. Look how high this person is getting off the ground. And, you know, I, I just think it's really good. And it's such a great tool to have someone like Taz who can come in and do that. And I really enjoyed it. I was worried that it, we were only going to get the one segment that we got last week, uh, but I'm glad that we got it again this week. And I'm looking forward to who's going to be profiled next. Yeah, it, it felt a lot like watching like a sports science segment on Sports Center or something, especially when it showed uh, that Lance Archer is going to get you nine feet into the air and bring you crashing down. Um, it felt very sports center-esque and i know i mentioned last week like you know wrestling companies always try to you know film stuff that makes them feel like legitimate sport this as a 90 second spot will work every single time 
doesn't matter what move they're reviewing, doesn't matter who they're reviewing, it will work. And Taz is just being utilized 100%. So, yeah, I agree. I loved it. Um, I'm going to bring up Britt Baker and her rules to be a role model. We finally got number two, Joel. We finally got number two. And number one was uh, Fight Fair. And number two is essentially Tony Schiavone's not a role model, but we'll go with the actual text of not everyone can be a role model. And I just loved her going down the list. Don't wear glasses. Fat people. Wannabes. <laughs> Snaggletooth. <laughs> like, it was just super mean things to say. And I thought Tony sold it really well afterwards. Like, I, I, I don't know what, what happened. Like, he sounded legitimately hurt. Um, and I love this stuff with Reba or Rebel. Reba? Rebel? Um, and it felt very, like, very much like The Office to me when they were, like, talking to the camera and doing their little like behind doors conversation. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a fun, fun segment. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one a lot. And uh, I thought the uh, the sound work on it was absolutely A plus. I thought the, the ambient music behind her mm-hmm. when she's going through all of her little sheets on the flip chart was great. And uh she just continues to deliver. I, I really enjoy this stuff. And uh, I think they're doing a great job of building her up as a heel, letting her continue to explore this persona and doing so without her having to step in the ring and have a match. And, you know, that's what great heels are able to do. So I really liked it. Anything, I'm trying to think, anything else you want to touch here on Lightning Round? I think I am tapped out. Uh, I will say uh, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about Marco Stunt and Mr. Brody Lee, considering Mm -hmm. how much we've been talking about Brody Lee on the pod recently. A few things stood out to me from this match. One, Brody looked completely dispassionate throughout the match, like he was you know, not really too concerned with what he was doing. Didn't really care. Just wanted to get it over with some huge chops in this match. I was surprised that, you know, Marco's chest didn't just explode. Uh, Really impressive super kick. And that swinging side slam that he hit looked completely out of control. And, totally devastating Uh, i really liked this match and uh i think marco is such an asset to the company because he can go out there and take these crazy bumps and make someone who already looks big and tough look even bigger and even tougher yeah i uh i gotta give marco his his due here um i agree with everything said about him being able to take these spots take these these beatdowns and I liked his pre-match interview. I, it, you know, it, it wasn't polished and I think it coming from Marco, it doesn't need to be polished. It, it came off real. It came off as human and it, it was good. So Marco, I'm your dude. I'm glad if if you can, like if you can survive matches with Brody Lee and Lance Archer, you're a tough son of a bitch. So, uh, I got your back, dude. (laughs) 
Well, and, then and I feel like because when Luchasaurus comes back on the scene, oh, he's not going to be happy. Yeah, they're going to just be sitting backstage and it's just going to be a cup of water on the table and you're just going to see those ripples. <laughs> just those ripples slowly getting faster and faster and faster and then kick to the face. So little Jurassic Park for you. Um, but on that note, Joel, you got a random observation for me? observation of the week so i'm going to take us back to that tag team match that we spent so much time talking about uh but one thing we did not talk about in that match was the most creative eye poke i've ever seen oh my god yes (laughs) and what i loved about it was the way that they did the fake out right let me line up these two fingers and stop short of poking you in the eye and then you're like oh I'm good. And then you get kicked in the back of the head, driving your face forward and delivering a devastating eye poke. Masterclass. I can't believe I for I didn't mention that. I tweeted that was the most innovative way I've ever seen the eye poke to go down. Yeah, so freaking cool. Good God. I yes, that was amazing. Sorry. I, I love that spot so much. I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't mention it in our 10 minute conversation about that chaos. <laughs> like that that's the thing. There was so much shit going on in that match. We forgot one of the coolest spots of the last year. Like I haven't seen anything like that before. Ah, oh, just so damn good. It was fun. <laughs> you know, one of these weeks I'm going to set you up for that random observation of the week. And you're going to be like, dude, I don't have one. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just gearing up for it. Cause I went into that without even getting confirmation from you that you had one. So thanks for, thanks for saving my ass right there, but all right, it's time time for some house cleaning. You can find us guys on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show. You can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. We are on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. If you're an Android user, you can pretty much find us on any of the podcasting apps available on your phone. You can follow me personally at Michael underscore Aranda at Twitter, and you can follow Joel at the other Joel. And Joel, you have anything else for us before I let you tuck yourself into sleep and, and go off to dreamland? I'm sorry, what's that? I fell asleep. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, no, if you like the show, support the show, tell a friend and follow me on Twitter, you filthy animal. Oh, I forgot my favorite thing from the night. Oh, my God. I loved Moxley screaming into the camera. Don't forget to call grandma. That broke me. I laughed so damn hard. And on that note, guys. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.